this period of time is a period of inquiry. I'll take a couple of minutes, if I may, to give a general outline of the time. The inquiry period take place three or four times during the course of the retreat together. There may be uh, questions which uh, arise uh, for you, and questions, of course, that come out of the meditations or instructions or talks, small groups, etc., etc., and from daily life situations, completely open door with regard uh, to that. And then I'll endeavour to uh, respond to the question. Sometimes there's areas which are um, uh, wish to speak about, you may wish to speak about someone, and then also some dialogue, some questions uh, get underway. And that the purpose with the inquiry time is that it makes a contribution towards uh, immediacy of uh, insight and uh, understanding, or as near to the present as possible, preferably in this lifetime. At any time, the person who is speaking or myself can say thank you to uh, bring it to a close. And then we have about three, four minutes of shared silence together. And then I'll say anyone, and then another person uh, may wish to speak. So that in this period of time, we alternate, in fact, from inquiry into silence and silence into the inquiry. Sometimes with the inquiry, it just lasts for a minute or two, and sometimes goes on 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, half hour, or more per person. So there's no set uh, time limit at all uh, with regard to that. And as I mentioned, one is free to say thank you, either the person or myself, as the sign of bringing, bringing it to a closure at the time. During the inquiry period, main uh, meditation is uh, listening and therefore that includes both outer and inner listening that means listening to the two people who are speaking and inwardly listening listening to whatever responses are that are taking place and sometimes in the uh, listening inwardly one might be hopefully with interest and uh, empathy and uh, connection Sometimes the voice of one person is, uh, as it were, speaking for ourselves. And sometimes in the listening, there's uh, uh, agitation, disagreement, upset, and 110% boredom. And again, really listening to whatever the responses are that are going on in the actuality of the listening so this is the uh, thread and general theme with the inquiry time and since I was last uh, uh, here um, two um, small um, um, mod modest I think anyway, modest changes um, uh, one is that um, here as well as uh, elsewhere sometimes there has been a little bit of difficulty uh, in terms of the voice and one person speaking in one corner of the Dharma hall and myself speaking from another place so uh, to uh, reduce that as well as the various um, elephant head turns that go on in turning to one and turning to the other um, Mark has kindly abandoned his cushion here so um, Nowadays, one doesn't have the, quite the, the comfort of those who are sitting around you. And so if you have anything to say, <laughs> the cushion is uh, here all, uh, already f uh, for you. And the second um, addition, and this has uh, come out of uh, various uh, re requests, <laughs> in fact, over... Over, a ten, over ten years, I might add, of resisting them. But anyway, I caved in. And you'll, you'll see our good man over there is doing the tape recording. And so 
And this is entirely up to the, the speaker, not to me, to, to you. That is, that a number of people who have either participated in the inquiry or have listened to the inquiry have asked regularly, oh, it should be taped, it should be taped. Said, no, no, never mind, in too many tapes around already. But, um, however, they are, are being taped, but if you don't want it to be taped, you just give the nod and the wink, and I promise you, his fingers won't move, or only, only to, to, switch, to switch off. And, but if they are tape, re remember too that they enter into the public domain. And what I mean by that is it goes to various tape libraries. And the, part of the reason is for that is that some people, uh, over the uh, last uh, six or eight months, where it has been recorded, have written and said, oh, I'd really like to uh, listen to all those insightful things that I said and forgot. Not me, the person who's been. <laughs> so, uh, but if you don't want it taped, just say, uh, etc. And afterwards you can change your mind, and not in, you don't want it in the tape library uh, anywhere in case your partner orders it or something. And um, <laughs> you just tell the tape the person. But before the end of the retreat, please. Right, so you get the idea. It's the inquiry period for insight and understanding. That if you have anything you'd like to ask or to speak about at all, by all means uh, do so. And uh, the seat is uh, here. Any time the person can say thank you to bring it to a close with the subsequent three or four minutes of shared silence together. And then I'll say anyone, then another person may wish to speak. So this is the form, the three or four of the sessions over the course of the retreat. Anyone at uh, any time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, we, actually, I, this, is, this is a good point, and I, uh, someone who's feeling strong could bring the empty chair over here, and then we'll put a chair here. So, no excuses. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind. Right. Yeah, anyway, anyway, yeah. Just let him face the front, not me. All right. The microphone will pick the sound up, no problem. So, you can now have got a chair. If you, want a, if you want a wooden stool, well... We, prov we provide we provide everything here. All right. <laughs> Good. Question. Yes. I seem to be trying to calm my mind from two points of view. Yes. One from a point of rest, meaning sitting. Yes. Second, from a point of activity, meaning walking. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, in the instance of sitting, the thoughts intrude quite rapidly. Yes. In the case of walking, mm -hmm. the uh, mechanics of walking and the uh, repetition of uh, lift, move, place, in a sense, almost uh, uh, shunts other random thoughts aside. It's yes. very difficult for those thoughts to intercede within mm -hmm. that. Now, yeah. how does one uh, maximize the benefits that each method provides, because obviously they must both, both make a contribution to a yeah. whole. Yeah, sure. sure. So, as, as you point out, uh, there is the activity of walking um, meditation, it has its uh, value and usefulness in contributing in the slow walking meditation to slowing the mind uh, down, to being aware of the movement of the body, and especially as the foot comes up, moves through the air, touches the ground there. One may notice, not for everybody, but one may notice, as you point out, there is some uh, reduction in the thought activity, and there is much more attention being given to the direct relationship with bodily life, physical life, and that developing and cultivating the sense of harmony and well-being while walking. So that that harmony and well-being that's genuinely established with us with walking 
so that we can walk at any speed with calmness, with harmony and well-being there. Uh, The sitting meditation, by virtue of the stillness of the posture, will allow and enable various kinds of uh, growth and subtlety of mental movement to stand out. And therefore, one sees and notices lots of thought <coughs> pardon me, uh, thoughts arising and passing in that period of time there. Um, when you're sit- if I may ask, when you're sitting and the thoughts arising and passing, either in terms of the content or the fact of their arising and passing, are you giving much significance to them? I try not to. What, 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 would, what would be a skillful and healthy way of either, neither, sorry, giving much significance to what the thoughts are about <coughs> or to the total number of thoughts? Since thoughts have such a, can have anyway, such an influence in, in, in our life, sometimes the trying can create some pressure and the trying to control the thoughts creates the pressure and the pressure stops natural calmness from rising. I, I would liken it to walking down the street right. and you see people that you know on the way and yeah. you, you recognize them but you don't really enter into a conversation with them. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Nice analogy. All right. So... There's the thoughts wandering down the, the, uh, the, the street of the, uh, uh, the mind and uh, one is just standing in the doorway and just watching oh, thoughts coming. And just a little procession of thoughts uh, flowing through uh, without any necessity nor need to uh, cling or, or take up in, in any way. And in fact, if we can just be witnessing of thoughts passing by in succession as a train uh, of them, then calmness will begin to come in. Thoughts are less of a problem than, than, dare I say, what we think. So, is there much contrast for you between the sitting and the walking? I, so I find the, the sitting uh, more calming often. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, an, it's an activity, and it's, it's, uh, you're not going anywhere, but it's, a, it's a definitely participatory. Yes. You're making a definite, uh, you're doing something. Whereas in the uh, sitting, there's a, there's a uh, subliminal input of... Uh, yeah, I should be doing maybe something else, or that there might be something important, something other than this that I could be doing, which is doing nothing. <laughs> right. So, sometimes, in the movement of the uh, mind that goes on, as you say, we can um, um, perceive uh, differences, and based on the experience, and the difference then generates some preferences. We have the duality called sit and, sit and walk. And we say, well, one is like this, and the other is like, uh, like that. But both obviously have a fair bit in common. Walking up and down, we're not going anywhere. And certainly sitting on our backside, we're not going anywhere uh, either. Um, both hopefully are a contribution to uh, calmness of being there. And do you find, though, that with where there is some preference for yourself, there is some neglect of the other? Well, it's strange. At home, I almost <coughs> never do the walking. No. I right. do the sitting. All right, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I do the sitting, it seems to have a more apparent uh, input. Um, yes. More friend uh, product, I would say. Yeah, sure. All right. So some p- people, and it's quite the common voice, of course, 
that uh, in the formal practices in daily life, sitting uh, does tend for quite a few people to uh, take the priority uh, there. It's, uh, uh, that's understandable, yet obviously the uh, message goes out as much as possible that when we are engaged in walking, let's really be a clear, mindful, aware, conscious human being as we take as we take steps, as we actually walk, so that one genuinely feels, as I said, the sense of awareness and uh, well-being running through these two primary activities of daily life, and both of them, in the form that we give here, is intended to serve as a reminder how much life is spent sitting and walking, and therefore being connected with it is to bring immediate respect to it. Well, not to put it in production terms, but mm -hmm. what benefits do you feel you should derive from walking and what benefits from sitting? <laughs> I know the, the whole uh, object is to calm the mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, not the whole object. Um, it is uh, a uh, feature and one of the objects. And uh, the calmness of mind means that when there's less uh, loss of calmness, when, when there's agitation or restlessness, not much hope of seeing too much very clearly, because we have all these waves going on. So a feature of it is certainly is calmness. Um, another feature of it is uh, insight. And the primary uh, feature is to liberate our life. And to feel in all things, a, a genuine and abiding sense of freedom. That's the essential feature of which two contributions towards that is finding calm and contentment with life and also uh, the insight and understanding that can emerge through it. So sometimes, in terms of various reports of people, some people uh, will say, well, both calm and insight um, arise for me in the sitting and the walking fairly equally. Others will tell me they find greater calmness in the uh, sitting, but while uh, walking, seems that things get more clear in terms of insightful ways and feel the benefit uh, that way, and some uh, uh, vice versa. So there doesn't appear to be any specific criteria in which obvious benefits come specifically out of one of those two forms, and, and similarly with the standing form uh, as well. main thing is we see from our experience, and all that we can do as Dharma teachers, is to put plenty of emphasis um, on the postures. Because some of the old hands out there, they're great sitters, and then as soon as they're outside the old meditation hall, some, in almost confessional terms, admit they very, ever rarely do a full walking period, which is a, is a bit of a pity. They go up to the toilet or 35 minutes brushing their teeth or something, I'm not sure. Um, but it would be a, a pity because the walking meditation supports the sitting and vice versa. And just in the walkings, things can come exceptionally and remarkably clearly. And, and that's the key thing. Clear of calmness of being, clear of our insight into the way things are. I appreciate your time. The last question. Yeah, yeah, what is the purpose of the standing? What's the purpose of the standing? The same as the, the sitting and the walking, liberation. No, no, it's the only purpose for anything in life. But in the, the standing meditation, which is, it's, a kind, it's become the poor cousin in the insight meditation world, and I'm trying to give it a decent rebirth. So, in other words, there are not many who are teaching the standing meditation, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a, a wonderful meditation. And when I was in the monastery, we did standing meditation uh, every day, and the uh, Ajahn, the abbot, Ajahn Tamataro, uh, insisted that the nuns and the monks, 
200 plus of us together, that we did it uh, outdoors because they, they because we didn't trust us basically. You know, if you're in the hut, we might slide into the horizontal posture. So outdoors it had to be. Actually, it was at this time every day. I remember three to four every day. The, the gong would ring and we do our hour of standing uh, meditation. Uh, like with the other two forms, it takes a little while, a little practice, but to stand on this earth, nothing to do, nowhere to go, nothing to gather, nothing to acquire, nothing to accumulate, uh, to be uh, uh, standing uh, steady in the midst of things, standing with uh, presence, all, all of that can provide tremendous uh, uh, insight and understanding as well as a genuinely deep sense of peace and therefore goes beautifully with the other postures. Good, thank you. So we have our three minutes of uh, shared silence together, meditation, little reflection if necessary on what was said, and then uh, I'll say anyone and then another person may wish to come. time. Right, there's the, the good man. Recording or? Yes. Mm. Um, I don't listen to pop music at all. You don't listen to pop music? No. no. 
MTV clip that has disco music in it. Did you? And now I can't get this song out of my <laughs> <laughs> And I don't even like the song. So, the, so I, it, it's a very odd feeling that I'm just sitting there. I hear this kind of weird ball disco pop song going around and around. So sing it to us, <laughs> since, since you've memorized it so no, well. I have memorized it, but I, I no, prefer not to. What, what's the, um, sometimes uh, with these things, M MTV or whatever, that uh, mind is a bit more uh, sticky than what we appreciate. <laughs> and sometimes in course, uh, little unwell or whatever, <coughs> can be a little bit more sticky than usual. So the effect of it is, is you hear a pop song there and uh, starts replaying itself. It's a, a, a common thing with the meditation. Um, in the terms of actually what's going on with it, uh, is there anything in the, the lyrics in it? Are there... I mean, there, if there are, are there anything, is there anything in the lyrics which is relevant to you? Relevant in the banal way, but... Yeah. You, well, that's, that is a great percentage of pop music, isn't it? Yeah. No, so there's nothing, nothing... No. Yeah, all right. So th there's no direct inner, inner response that possibly in the lyrics there's something which uh, you feel is communicating. It's more, um, it, it got stuck in the brain cells. Are you talking about Michael? Oh, share. <laughs> oh, share. I know. So I fascinated with this whole sort of she's 55 years old and she's very ill. <laughs> Just sort of amazed by this whole sort of dream world. Yes. Is this, this, this is her latest song, isn't it? Yeah. I know it. Uh, yeah, I've watched it. <laughs> I have a teenage daughter. She bought it. At home, I've, I've, seen it. I've seen it. And I've heard it enough times because my daughter play, play, plays it. Yeah, but mercifully, so far, it hasn't got stuck. Yeah. So sometimes it could be anything in life, obviously. It, there's, uh, in this case, uh, hearing <coughs> the uh, sound waves uh, uh, register, and then there is some repetition uh, which is going on and playing and playing itself. And in due course, of course, it will fade away like like uh, like everything else. And um, with that, just. In terms of the practical level of the meditations, small things to, um, if it starts to repeat or play, to uh, keep the eyes open and um, um, redirect the attention a bit more outwardly and therefore to include uh, listening to the sounds of the day, um, sounds of movement in the hall, birds outside, traffic on the street, uh, etc so that one is providing an antidote to that repetition. Um, sometimes taking uh, with the breathing, making the breath a little bit uh, longer and deeper. So it's all generating something uh, distinctly alternative to this record or this piece of music, which one has got uh, uh, stuck with. Um, and. Uh, that's at the, the practical level of uh, uh, working through and with to let that be history and for one to feel quite uh, clear and comfortable. And the, the second aspect, of course, to take notice of that 
probability, as you pointed out, is that uh, in being uh, sick and the energy is a bit low, etc., there is uh, a bit more vulnerability with oneself, and one does tend to absorb. <coughs> Excuse me, oh, I sneeze. Mm. Good to be talking about health, isn't it? <laughs> um, and one does tend a little bit more easily to absorb what's going on around, and things can get a kind of bit. One gets a bit stuck with something or whatever. So even in health and in sickness, especially in sickness, to give that just a little bit of extra uh, uh, care uh, with these things. And it's very hard to know, just from a small incident, in this case, music and whatever, that it stays stuck, we hardly notice it, then we come to some, a little bit of silence and stillness and say, well, it's repeating itself. And, and that sort of situation in many other ways in life does go on. Sometimes we hardly realize what we've absorbed and as one person said in one of the small groups today, just suddenly in a flash some anger came up about something. So something happened, one has pretty well forgotten about it, there's a period of calmness and then there's a flash of anger come up, in this case the, uh, the music getting uh, reborn again. <laughs> so eyes open, lots of um, outer listening, uh, patience, uh, not putting pressure on oneself because that will just intensify it and hopefully and quickly it will fade away. It will fade away but just hopefully it will be quite, quite quick. Anyone, many times?
Mm, please, yeah. So I've been sorting all afternoon. Can you hear over there? A little louder. I've been sorting all afternoon for that which is satisfactory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this question has two parts. First is the, the question that it's all sense-related. Because mm. when I, oh, that's satisfactory, or oh, that, I like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, or I have a deep appreciation for it, and even an awe of it. It's through the senses, mm. the physical body. Yeah. Tasting, touching, smelling, hearing, yeah. seeing. And I wondered if you could speak about that which is satisfactory, mm -hmm. that which is abiding and lasting. Mm -hmm. do, do you want to, because this is a bit of the outcome from the small group, isn't it, today? Yes. So, would you like to just say a little bit about what you had said and what we had touched upon <coughs> together in the small group? Okay. After the Dharma talk last night, I questioned with, with it's everything is unsatisfactory here and impermanent. Why keep a physical body? Why stay alive? And so I talked to Christopher about it and I came to the group this morning and he said that I should look for what is satisfactory. So I was spending the day as I walked and as I sat looking for what was satisfactory. And I looked at colors because I'm visual and the way that the light hit someone's hair and just the sound and things like that that were so wonderful. And they were about being alive. But the, when those other thoughts arise uh, and the idea of nothing really being satisfactory, it's hard to, um, I even wonder if sometimes it's chemical in the brain. It's hard to maintain that feeling of awe and appreciation. I appreciate just breathing now. And also what we call love or metta. Mm -hmm. Because even that's impermanent. Mm -hmm. When you take, um, because of what you just said there, when um, take a general long-term view about your relationship to life or your relationship to yourself, what's the general sense, feeling, impression that you have? I'm not sure what you mean by that. Me meaning <coughs> in your view of uh, life, you just mentioned there, perhaps it could be something in terms of seeing the dissatisfaction as uh, uh, something chemical. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that love is changing, quality of love, etc. You mentioned that what we're receiving is just coming through our senses. Now, the background to all of that sounds like it's the voice of dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. Therefore I'm asking, is your general perception to keep consistently seeing along those lines and therefore a somewhat depressed view? I hear it in Buddhism. It's kind of well, uh, meditating on on feces and on who? feces. Feces. Feces <laughs> 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 or species. <laughs> on the disgustingness of the body, oh and God. you know the impermanence of the body, and uh, and so there's that. And then there's. Um, the wonderful parts of being alive. Mm. Uh, Such as? Smelling a flower. Um, breathing, I love to breathe. Um, taking a walk. And mostly for me it's interpersonal. 
So I love to, uh, I love intimacy and mm -hmm. closeness with my friends and people yeah. I love. Uh, to me, that's a, a very important part of life. Absolutely. Does the um, Buddhism that you hear feed the dissatisfaction and <coughs> begin to kind of create some kind of world view which sounds anti-life? Mm -hmm. <coughs> it can. I can go there. Hmm. I can go there with that. It's easy. So, one mentioned, uh, you mentioned like a thesis or whatever. <laughs> so, the uh, word that the Buddha has used, so to get away from the tradition but to the original text, is asupa. Supa means beautiful. When I was a monk, my name was Kiti Supo. And Asupa means not beautiful. And the teachings are to be aware of the not beautiful features of the body. Feces, there's not many of us who would regard feces as being very beautiful. And the others he lists are urine, phlegm, pus, nerves, etc. No I? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I tend to agree. <laughs> that if we're going to look aware of body, we should be aware of that. I think somebody might mention this to share. <laughs> Shada does some very lovely um, loving kindness meditations. I think we'll have one specially for share this week. <laughs> so it's it's a reminder, asupa kamatana, the awareness or the meditation on the not beautiful features of the body, so that we keep down to earth with the totality of physical physical life. But I agree, sometimes one ends up. This is the fault of the tradition. Of of an anti-life view, no, that's not in the teachings nor in the practices. So one has to be diligent in, in terms of being clear about what is, but ra rather than forming a, a generalized view of, of, of things. So you mentioned the flowers, appreciation, you mentioned the <coughs> interaction uh, with others and uh, the, the nature etc. How much in the mentioning of that is really genuinely in life giving nourishment so that one is acknowledging what is unsatisfactory and acknowledging equally and equally importantly what is satisfactory. How much time do I spend? Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise one can keep looking at the dissatisfaction of life and then the view can arise, well what's the use of being alive? What's the use of being in the body? What's, or whatever, because the tendency is fed itself straight into that. Well, two things. First, since I'm practicing and practicing more, I think that I have a greater capacity for that appreciation, for yeah. that to arise. But still, in daily life, it takes a great deal of effort to make time for for that, yes. because in daily life there's work and things that call us to that. Mm. And I get tired <laughs> after a whole day, and my work is service. Mm -hmm. and what do you do? What do you do? I'm a therapist. Mm -hmm. right. So there's lots of contact and interaction, of course, uh, with with others, and in the uh, on the wise instruction of the Buddha in exploring can we see what is satisfactory in that which is unsatisfactory and can we see what is unsatisfactory in that which appears satisfactory what is unsatisfactory 
What is satisfactory in being with your clients? Being of service. Right. How clear and affirmative is that at the time? That it is as significant as uh, the smell of a sweet flower and uh, time with friends. There's devotion. I'm devoted to so sometimes in that which can be rather tiring, obviously, and rather de demanding, obviously, but nevertheless, within the activity of th that, to sense in the activity, in the midst of it, what is satisfactory. Devotion to others, service to others, in nourishing others, so that others can find fulfillment where they feel unfulfilled. Understanding where they feel confused or whatever. Unfortunately, as you said, it come the end of the day, common story. One is uh, uh, tired and exhausted and very little opportunity then in that exhaustion to give oneself any inner nourishment. Mm. One forgets the flowers. It's a great, great cost. So, what are you going to do? You're only here for a few wait, days, wait. aren't you? But I, let's what? just say what's unsatisfactory in the satisfactory. We didn't say that. So you tell me what's unsatisfactory in the satisfactory. Impermanence. All right. Okay. That's that's fair enough. So the the the, the fragrance of the flower is uh, uh, impermanence. The contact with it and the very flower uh, itself is there in the passage of time. Mm. What's the value? Without making a generalization here, what's the of witnessing the unsatisfactory and the satisfactory, as well as the satisfactory in the unsatisfactory? What is the value? The only thing I can think of is that it brings me into the present. Fully, because if one cancels the other out, you're just in the present. All right. Okay. Good. If we don't see the unsatisfactory and the satisfactory, we, can, of course, can end up running after, pursuing, and clinging, and wanting or those things I spoke about yesterday evening, because we mm -hmm. can't see the unsatisfactory in what seems to be satisfactory, and therefore uh, less sense of being driven and outcome, greater sense of presence uh, there, there. So in the communication uh, uh, right now, have you, have you learned anything? Yes, it just was there a second ago. <laughs> it was just there. I was just thinking, I'm going to have to listen to this tape. <laughs> So it, I, I know what you're saying about clinging because that was underneath it all too about clinging to the when I when I see that beauty I and I say oh but this isn't going to last or I'm going to have mm. to let it go. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to go to work in five minutes and this mm. feels so good right now. That uh, uh, reaction to the appreciation for the flower will, of course, inhibit your connection with the flower. And the flowers matter. Mm. And it's vital that we have uh, uh, that uh, connection. And that appreciation for that will nourish the work. And if not, and you are hearing as a therapist problem after problem after problem to varying degrees the tendency will be very easily to uh, internalize and you'll get as the previous speaker was saying the uh, reflection of that in kind of difficult uh, negative kind of perceptions mm -hmm. that's why we need the flowers
Well, they exist. So don't forget them. Anyone? Anytime? With or without? My question is about dealing with physical pain. Yes, please. Okay. Mm, sure. um, when I do the walking meditation, I have mm. chronic knee pain. So when I do it slowly and deliberately, I really feel the pain. Mm. Yet I'm more focused. Mm. And then when I walk a little quicker, my mind is more scattered. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of not sure, sure. what's With your uh, knee pain, yeah. any history? Yeah. What's the history? Congenital. Yeah. <laughs> so, in walking more quickly, yeah. does it um, uh, get actively easier? Never mind the wandering mind for a moment. Just it's easier on my body, but my mind is more scattered. The quicker I walk. Mm. Mm -hmm. Is the fact that it's uh, easier on the body walking more quickly due 
to the mind being more scattered because it's less in touch with what actually is happening. Sometimes, in other words, mind is scattered, so the ability of the, in this case, uncomfortable, painful sensations to reach us, reach consciousness, is reduced because we're half the time somewhere else. When we slow down considerably and place the attention, and not moving far away from the main fields of activity, in this case, in your case, pain in the knee. Um, it will stand out because there's much less going on. It's a you know, kind of direct meeting with. With, with your um, knee issue, d- does it stop things like um, um, running or kneeling or what's that? I can't, I can't do anything. Can't do anything? No, no, no. no, no a few of you around. So, in a way, acting wisely is the obviously the main uh, point or criteria here. What feels right to do at the present time? I, I keep on going back and forth, so I'm like speeding up, I'm slowing down, and then um, when I walk slower and I feel more concentrated, all of a sudden I'll, I'll just sit down, I'll just stop abruptly. Yeah. So how, how is it how, with, with your sitting? You're, you're on the, the chair yeah. down there? Yeah. What's, what's the sitting? It's okay. Yeah. like real pain. Yes, definitely. So now I'm feeling discomfort in other areas of my body, but yes. I'm not feeling that pain that, um, I mean, sometimes I've tried to meditate and it's like I can't because everything is focused on that really acute pain, which yes. I'm not feeling. No. I'm not, just discomfort in other parts of my body. Yes, all right. So uh, uh, we take the sitting and the walking. Take the walking. I'll take uh, the walking first. Uh, uh, the listening to yourself and especially to the knee um, matters, and for that, listen to the kind of kinder, more kind side of yourself. In other words, definitely not to push hard, not to uh, uh, take um, unnecessary steps, which you feel could make things worse. So, be, be much more on the soft side uh, with the walking. If it's necessary to speed up the walking, you know, to make it nearer to a normal speed of uh, uh, walking. Yes, to do that, um, and just to practice diligently to reduce the wandering mind, and therefore to maximize your relationship to the whole experience of walking. There. And sometimes, in just a way of the knees, the faster walking for some people uh, is easier, there is less pain, and simultaneously there can be tremendous clarity and presence. <laughs> All right, practice for the capital P, and the waiting will stop. Okay. Thank you. And with the uh, sitting um, um, uh, meditation, uh, rather the, the same uh, principle that staying in touch with the breath, staying in touch with the body, and knowing and acknowledging the discomfort may be spreading itself, in other words, in other parts of the body, and having, as you pointed out there, that uh, level of knowledge of what discomfort is, and when it's going from that into pain, and pain which is creating um, extra pressure in a sensitive area. If that is happening, then you move the leg, or you stand up, or you bend, or you stretch, or you do what, whatever is appropriate. There's one thing one that doesn't want to do, and that is to uh, aggravate the situation. So it's going to take some experiment with the walking, as I said, some experiment as well with the uh, sitting. And given the, the frame of the last uh, uh, person who came to speak, what's um, satisfactory about your right knee? Well, compared to where it was two months, I mean, I'm, it's a comparative thing. Oh, God, you can compare. I mean, right now, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Right. But, I mean... Happy with it, meaning you... From, from you, my you, you, standard, yeah, yeah, you can... My 
my standard. Right. Like I'm, um, I can sleep at, through the night. I don't wake up in pain. Can walk right. around, okay. Right. Let 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 take it. Let, let take it where uh, at this period then there's um, an acknowledgement with it, and it's not as it were too invasive. You know, I mean, you right. can sleep at night. You can walk. You can sit in the hall here, uh, etc. What about times when, like you experience with the slow walking, and at other times, <coughs> and the central feature, there doesn't seem to be much else going on in life outside of these few square centimeters. Well, I can tell you, I mean, that's very scary. Scary. Because I, I have a sense that it's only going to get worse. All right. I'm not going to be able to walk. Yes. I'm not going to be able to stand. I'm going to be you know, in a wheelchair. I start thinking. Yes, right. So, when there is some intensification of the pain, that uh, generates pressure elsewhere, feelings and thoughts especially, and there's a difficulty to accommodate them into the present, because the thought goes, maybe it will get worse, that's going into the future, and a little further step in the future, it gets so bad, end up in a wheelchair, or, 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 or whatever, and the pain has got a real grip over the oneself, over the self, in that uh, time. So, all of that's uh, seeing the unsatisfactory in the unsatisfactory. But that wasn't my question. <laughs> what is it to see the satisfactory? The, unsatisfactory, the unsatisfactory yeah, always, is clear. It's always compared to how, I, how much pain I was yeah. in or what I can do that maybe other people can't do. All right. Like, um, actually, I, I know somebody who's a quadriplegic and she's also on a respiratory machine. So she always says, I only wish I could walk and breathe again. So I kind of keep that. Right. So I compare, right. I mean, it's a comparison. Some, yeah, sometimes um, one, one, the, the, there's a validity <laughs> genuine uh, uh, in that. Mm -hmm. And in any situation in their life, we can, in comparing, always find mm -hmm. situations, others are circumstances. But unfortunately, comparing never gives much strength when it's needed. Rarely. In the midst of it, it's hard to find comfort in it. In the midst of it, uh, sometimes. When, right. it's, when things are going well, it's... Easier, it's easier, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then the appreciations can come, come through. So, what is the satisfactory and the unsatisfactory? No comparing. What's, no. The, what's the satisfactory? The unsatisfactory and there is no comparing. Being pain free, I mean, I don't. No, in the pain. It's right. It's right oh, there. Feeling it's, the pain. You're feeling it. It's then, there. Then it's not going away. Then what's the satisfactory? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, this is something I only came up with in the past couple of months, and that yeah. was um, trying to figure out what the lesson. The lesson. The lesson. It's like okay, that should be a lesson here. A lesson. No, this is a <laughs> wonderful new age concept. I would say. All right. So, so any lesson? What's the lesson? The lesson was that. Um, not supposed to move so much since my movement is so constricted maybe I need to be more still yeah. and not move good around. one, and nice one alright, good lesson and then it's at when I said, am I stretching this? am I like, you know <laughs> but that's, I know, but no, no that's an important one so sometimes the very pain is providing an insight <clears throat> so it, not of itself but it's a uh, uh, it gives it gives us uh, an insight. Maybe this pain, which is showing and enforcing some restrictions on one's life, I can't go swimming or whatever, or running or whatever it might uh, might be, that it's in a way telling me to be still, to find more periods of stillness, like like uh, like you are doing uh, here, and in that moment of being clear about that and responding to it, despite the difficulty, something 
insightful is coming out of it, therefore there is something satisfactory in the unsatisfactory. There's a lot more as well. And maybe, maybe, enough understanding emerges that in working and responding to it, it might dissolve uh, the fears and the projections, which don't do you any good, certainly don't do your knee any good. But I can't hope that it's going to happen. No, no, no. That's, no, that's counter. No, no that so counter. that's why yeah. y- your first insight is the, the important one. Sit and do less. Walk and just walk up and down whatever speed feels appropriate for you and know that there's no way to go, nowhere to go. And uh, so then the knee fits into the larger scheme of things rather than you fitting into your knee. So your, your, your time on the, ch- on the chair and you're walking up, up, and, up and down uh, and sometimes in either case, obviously on the chair, but when there is some discomfort arising in, in, the, in the knee, of course acknowledging the unsatisfactory, not denying that at all, but what else is there to be discovered here? So we'll have a couple of uh, silent minutes together just to finish. Um, that's very kind. Received. Thank you. <laughs> so just a couple of shared minutes of silence together. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.